0: Hi, I'm Paulina
1: and I'm Peter.
0: Welcome to Tap Into Extraordinary,
1: the podcast for
0: goal getters big dreamers and overachievers.
1: Join us as we discover what it takes to tap into the extraordinary.
0: Hello, hello, hello Uh, and welcome to the Tap Into Extraordinary podcast. Um, I'm so excited to bring you this conversation. I probably say this every week, but when you have so many inspirational guests on season two, it's still valid week on. Um, So I'm very excited today to be bringing on the podcast, Rebecca Clark. Uh, So Rebecca is in my opinion, the definition of making an impact and still being very true to your purpose um, in life. And she is the founder of Happy Marlowe, a community and digital platform which combines the best in emotional wellness um, for children aged six to 11 years old. She's also very seasoned social impact communication specialist with over 20 years like expanding career across international uh, communications. So with that said, I'm going to let her introduce all the other amazing things that she's doing because I'm literally only reading one paragraph from her bio and there's another six. This is how much she's doing to make an impact and make the world a better place. Um, So Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. So great to have you here.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Paulina, for that warm welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Lovely. Um, So with that, I think it might be worth um, just asking you to tell us a bit more about yourself and what do you do. Um, Tell us a bit more about Happy Marlowe and all the other things that you're involved in.
2: Absolutely. So as you mentioned, Happy Marlowe, we're on a mission to empower 6 to 11-year-olds to provide them with holistic resources and tools so they can really support themselves um, and we can support families uh, on children's emotional well-being. This idea came about before the pandemic. You know, I, I started to become increasingly aware, I think we, we all are really, around the discussion of, of mental health, um, but was really f- focusing on the fact that growing up, um, is challenging. You know, there are inevitable ups and downs. It's a really difficult, tricky period of one's life. And I was very aware that for a lot of adults, grown ups, um, we can often be carrying around unresolved trauma or hurt from things that have happened in our younger years. And as I explored that further, I really felt that there's an opportunity that we can do more to support children while they're going through that period um, to really help them flex their emotional muscles early on and to put some resources, as I said, directly in their hands um, that they become familiar with and can turn to at at any time. So I mentioned we focus on on holistic modalities. So Happy Marlowe is around three pillars, if you like, of breath work, um, emotional freedom technique, which is also known as tapping and the third being sound healing. Um, I'm very familiar with these modalities because I myself have used them and found them so beneficial. And what I love about them is that they're gentle, but they're hugely effective and impactful. Um, And so it was with that insight that I really felt if we worked with these modalities and tailored them for young people in a way that makes them accessible and fun, and they can witness firsthand the impact and, and difference that they can make to them, then there's the potential to be a real game changer there. Um, and so that's, that's what we're really excited about at Happy Marlow and, and, and that's the mission there. Um, and then in terms of my broader background, it's, I, I, as you said, a, season, a seasoned, um, social impact communicator, um, I've been working in communications and campaigns, as you said, for over 20 years now, uh, and very much in the space of issues that matter to us all. Um, I worked for the UK government for just under eight years in a, in a variety of departments de- working in different policy areas, uh, and then I actually lived in the UAE for five years and did quite a bit of work with the UAE government um, and different departments there around foreign policy and soft power um, and worked on some really interesting, fascinating projects um, around global health issues, around girls' education um, and got to work with some incredible organizations in that space, like the Billaminda Gates Foundation and the World Health Organization and others. And so at at this point, professionally, it's really been a lovely opportunity to take those experiences um, and really bring bring all of those elements around communicating and engaging audiences and weaving that into the work that we're doing with Happy Marlowe because mental health, emotional health is critical. We know that now more than ever because of what's been going on this past um, 18 months. And uh, UNICEF came out last year and said it's you know, children and young people's emotional well-being and mental health is gonna be one of the longest um, kind of impacts that we see as a result of what's going on. And so there's an opportunity for many of us to find ways that we can support children and their families um in the, the months and years ahead
1: listening to you speak there obviously you a lot of what you do now is around making sure that there's a positive positive impact i mean certainly for, for children they said that the first five years are really important and really impactful i, I wonder because obviously you've done quite a bit in terms of comms working for uk government and uae government as you've just described there I'm interested to know how you've gone from working in those environments to now having Happy Marlow as your, your point of where you feel you can make the most positive, positive impact. Was there a particular change or anything like that along your journey that got you to this point?
2: Mm. Um, I turned 40 a few years ago, and I think like a lot of big birthdays, those milestones can be a real time of reflection. Um, and I was really excited about turning 40 I saw it's a positive thing but I definitely uh felt that there were some changes that I wanted to make in my life and as I said I've been having a really great time doing, it working on lots of different projects working with big organizations but I knew that there was something that felt like it was still missing um on a personal level I was also my husband and I were were hoping to have a baby as well so it did it really felt like this crossroads and almost like I was I would kind of say I can be a bit theatrical it's the second part it's the beginning of a second half of my life um and so that was wanting to to have a baby and start a family which we we do have a little two-year-old which is lovely um but I also felt that In some ways, I don't know, at times, I think like many of us, I could almost, I was almost compartmentalizing some of myself, you know, not to say that I was a completely different person at work. So I I wasn't and I'm not, but I really wanted to find a way that I could bring all of the parts of myself into my work and the impact that I'm creating. And so it was at that, during that period, you know, turning 40 and, and the next kind of 18 months really of exploration, and, and getting curious about different things and asking questions about, well, what does that look like? Um, and what could it mean? And um, a couple of things that came up, you know, I would describe myself as a spiritual person. Um, it's not an accident that um, Happy Marlow is kind of rooted in these holistic, but I will say science-backed um, methods because I've always been very open and and curious to different ways of doing things. Um, To give some context, you know, my early years were were quite challenging. Um, I was taken into emergency foster care when I was 10 months old uh, and then subsequently adopted um, by by my family when I was three. Um, And so that, you know, presented some challenges in terms of growing up. Um, And I mentioned that because it was really, you know, as part of my own healing journey over many years, it took many different forms, you know, from going from traditional talking therapies or CBT to trying Reiki and tapping and sound healing and all of these different things. Um, And so kind of then returning to that period that I described and and turning 40 in that moment of, of real reflection one of the things uh, that kind of resonated was this idea of your healing being your calling, or I think as Gail King, Oprah's best friend would say, your message, your message. I don't know if I've attributed that to the right person, but I found that really interesting. Um, and so it was almost as though, well, let's really kind of get into that for me on a personal level. I think this is an interesting exercise for everyone to do. If that is true, what does that mean? for me, what, what might that mean in terms of what more could I bring um, in terms of helping and support and contributing? Um, and so I, I started to realize that there was something in that, perhaps there's something in the fact that I had had those experiences as a child and then the subsequent healing journey that I went on. Could I bring something to the world that might help other children or ch- children today um, in some way. And, and people often say or ask me, oh, is Happy Marlowe, you know, did you, did you decide or come up with this because of your own daughter, um, since having Aura, my daughter? Um, I go and say, well, yeah, it is, it is for Aura, um, as it is for other children. But the truth is, it's really been a journey of, it's a gift to my inner child that's, that's really what it's about. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's where it, it came from. And that's why I, I knew it. That's what makes it really personal, Peter, I think. Whereas all of these other you know, missions and campaigns, are really, really, really important and really meaningful. But it was almost like just up leveling it to the next notch of how can I make it really for my heart? Um, and the gifts that I am a legacy that I would like to create on a personal level.
1: Yeah, that's, 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 that's a great insight. And this probably leads us on to my next question, which is, you know, how have you, how have you found it? Like kind of stick, t- taken a step back from ov- obviously the career pressures and all that kind of stuff to really kind of achieve that balance in, in life and what you feel you want to deliver in terms of a real positive impact have you found that it, it was difficult to do, or was it a relatively easy transition um, to it? I,
2: I wouldn't say it were easy. Um, and there was also some pain in going through that process. Uh, where we, we, We've spoken previously, and we're talking about have the ability to have space sometimes to explore, to question. And, I mean, it's a real... It's a privilege if you're able to do that right, Um, because you need to work. But for most of us, bills need to be paid, food needs to be put on the table. And for me, it was that kind of year, 18 months, um, I got pregnant, as I mentioned, which was great, but I kind of saw my consultancy disappear in front of my eyes. And as the months went on, and and kind of going to meetings all the time and trying to do business development, it was this very odd moment for me because it was the best of times in terms of this baby is coming, which is an absolute gift. And worse of times, like, hang on, what's happened to my career? What's happened to my, you know, my ability to earn money? And that was very scary. And then when that kind of continued, um, you know, I obviously took some time off after I had Ora, uh, and, and maternity, but then I still wasn't, there weren't clients waiting for me to come back. It wasn't like there was a switch of a now back to work. And so it was a very odd time um, of, okay. well, I'm getting this opportunity to really think about what it is I want to do next and what might that look like. But there was some fear around that, too, because, you know, I I wanted to be working in some way and and that just wasn't happening at that time. Um, And so it it was really a challenge to find the balance around that. And I think that that can be difficult for everyone because, you know, how often do we really have the, the luxury of you know, taking a sabbatical or, or taking any time? And I think, particularly in terms of what's happened for everyone on a, on a collective level this past year or so, a lot of people are, are, have been in and needed to be in survival mode. There's no time for, you know, I, what what's my dream, or how do I? We've just been trying to get through it, and so I'm very conscious of that. And I think I don't know what the answer is because I think it's very personal for everyone. It depends what your personal um, circumstances are. But one of the things that I do think um, is kind of available to to all of us, which I have found really a game changer for me, is around my daily meditation practice. And that is something that I'd been you know, friends um, and other you know, wise people who'd recommended this to me for years. And I was like, yeah, I just can't quite get into it. Um, but I, I, I was part of a coaching cohort during this period. And one of the things, one of the homework really was this kind of 10 minutes a day of meditation. And that really helped um, crack it for me because I was kind of being told what to do which sometimes I need um, but then you start I started at least to see the benefits. and I think meditation, the word can be quite off-putting to a lot of people. I think it can feel intimidating. I think it feel, I think it can feel really woo-woo to some people like what what is that? Um, and one of my dear friends you know, put it in the simplest terms of it's just a moment of quiet. yeah you know, it's it's as simple as that you don't have to, do anything in particular, don't have to have the wind chimes and have a guided visualization. It can simply be, which is my interpretation, of putting a 10 minute timer on my phone, closing my eyes and just having some peace and quiet and just focusing on my breath for those moments. And when you think about it that way, just finding 10 minutes, which I would like to think, I'd really like to think we can all do that, um, regardless of the challenges that are going on in our our day. it can make such a difference. And I find that is really powerful in terms of grounding and balance um, and being able to come back to that so that when life is up and down, because of course it is, it's just, I find myself, I can recover a bit quicker or the tears aren't necessarily as easy to come in the way that they might have been before. Um, there still are tears sometimes, but I, I've definitely seen it. It's just really helped me kind of ground myself and feel a bit more rooted on a more regular basis
0: something i wanted to ask you in there when you were talking about uh, something that i find quite fascinating and i want to see how it impacted you when you were talking about your pregnancy and your career slowly fading away in front of your eyes at least temporarily the consultancy that you had at the time did you, or how did you feel that impact your self-worth or the way you perceived yourself as someone who I imagine career was very and hugely important to you previously? How would you say that impacted the way you perceive yourself and your identity?
2: Yeah, I mean, it hugely, hugely. It was really sad. There was a sadness that I felt because I'm like, hang on, I'm going about town. I, you know, I've got, I've got events to go to and and people to talk to and things to do. And I just wasn't doing that anymore. Um, And so I was very aware of my identity and worth being wrapped up in that. Why I felt, you know, I feel really sorry for myself at times. Why doesn't anyone want to employ me or what's what's going on here? What, What have I done wrong? To deserve this, you know, again, theatrical, but there was a very strong sense of that. And I remember specifically getting on on the bus to go into Finsbury Park one day. It was the start of the month and just feeling so sad. I was kind of looking outside these people going around their business. I, I didn't feel like I was part of the game, that I was involved anymore. And I definitely, definitely missed that because you know, one of the things that brings me joy is being around people and having common purpose, common cause and feeling that I'm contributing to something. And I think that's because the way that my career has gone in the main, I've always worked in that impact space. You know, I, one of my old bosses in government, Richard Meakin would always say, well, we're not in the business of selling biscuits, are we? You know, what we're there's always this sense that what we were doing was meaningful and was helpful Um, and so yeah to not be part or feel I wasn't part of that was really was definitely distressing.
0: Yeah and I think it's just it it, there's a much bigger conversation there around like how much of our identities are tied to what we do and our careers I think in this day and age we put so much emphasis on what you do like the minute you meet someone new, the first question we ask is what do you do? Mm. And I think there's a larger conversation there of like, how reliant are we on that being a huge part of our identity? But then yeah. even when temporarily it's taken out of the equation with things like pregnancy or like sickness or whatever, it may be career breaks, even like how much of an impact it has on, I guess our mental state and just that, inner equilibrium (laughs) inner peace and confidence in your own abilities um so it's quite interesting uh so thank you for sharing that um i want the the other thing that i wanted to ask you of is i think although it has not always been the easiest i do think um you have managed to find that balance of making an impact and being true to yourself Um, throughout your career. And I wanted to know, how have you found that? How have you found finding that balance? Because uh, I'm sure for a lot of people listening to this now, they would be thinking, well, it's one or the other. Like, it's really hard to be true to yourself and still be making an impact at the scale that they may want to do, so.
2: Mm. I think there is something around being really honest with yourself. So honest, you know, knowing first of all, you've got to know yourself first of all um, to be true to yourself and then make decisions accordingly in line with that. It's almost like setting yourself a, a little list of criteria. Like if I take this opportunity or if I you know, work for this company, is it going to deliver A, B and C for me or not? You know, it's that concept where people talk about, is it a hell yes or is it a hell no? And if it's not a hell yes and you shouldn't be doing it, and again, that can be much easier said than done because sometimes you might need to take a gig because you need the money that month or whatever it is. Um, and so there's sometimes there is compromise, but I, I think there is, there's something particularly the older I get around having that compass or being really clear on that that just helps you come back to what is important to me. Is this allowing me to maintain my integrity in terms of what I'm doing? And is this gonna bring me some joy? Because that's really, it's a really important thing. Um, And even when you're doing serious work, it doesn't mean we need to be serious all the time. It's actually very important that we can find ways, through creativity, through human connection with the other people that you're collaborating with, that we're bringing joy, that we're bringing light to these things. Otherwise it's too much. And I think it can actually end up being counterproductive.
1: I would, I would agree with that. I think everything is compromised to a certain extent and you have to kind of find where you feel comfortable with that balance between tipping between what you feel is true to you and what actually isn't. But it's always going to be a moving kind of like target in most uh, circumstances. Uh, I, I completely agree with what you're, you're saying there. I guess in kind of like we ask this as the last question to every episode and we get different answers to this question. We'd really love to know what your, um, what, tapping, what extraordinary actually means to you personally on your journey.
2: Well, when I was thinking about this and when I think about extraordinary. What, one of the things I find really extraordinary is the human spirit and our ability to bounce back or to keep going or to have blind faith. You know, even in the darkest of times, um, we as human beings are often able to to find that glimmer of light, to find that peace of hope. And and when I think of people who've had incredibly traumatic um, and life-changing experiences, and yet they are often the ones who are bringing, you know, people I'm really inspired by, like Viktor Frankl, for example, um, the Holocaust survivor and others. We're, we're, I think we're all able to learn from those extraordinary individuals, how we can be extraordinary, how we can, and I think that we all have the ability to be so. Um, and it's, it's for our own definition, but I would say it's, it is the power of the human spirit and that we are more powerful than any of us know
0: i mean this is so beautiful and it's so perfect especially for like myself in this moment in life i think it resonates so much uh i have just achieved something that i kind of had like a blind faith for however many years um so this weekend i got into 35 under 35 by management today and like when i found my um a post that i had made six years ago saying that i want to get into that list one day mm. and at the time i think it was very much mm. like blind faith for like however many years it's gonna happen at some point and i think there is nothing like the power of the human spirit and our belief is literally as they say to risk to achieve something you first have to believe that you could do it and i think it's so relevant like especially mm. in this mm context of extraordinary to achieve anything extraordinary first us have to believe that you have it. So I think, yes, when you go down extraordinary then and what makes those people with that belief is that ability to bounce back, to just have blind faith that it's going to happen at some point and just continue to put in the work, however long it
2: takes. Congratulations, Paulina, by the way. Um, <laughs> and when you were speaking then, it reminded me of the unseen magic because it's very interesting how often when we write down goals or write down things that we want to do, mm-hmm. more often than not, we wind up achieving them. And I think for me, it feels there's a combination. Of course, you know, you've got to take inspired action. You've got to show up and do the work. But I also think that there is a, there's a strong element of the unseen magic. Um, it's that thing of like when you make a decision to do something, the universe conspires to support you to achieve it. And I really believe in that
0: yeah i mean for our listeners listeners they obviously can't see that but you can literally see my vision board behind me i don't (laughs) this is like my vision board so it's being looked at and manifested daily until it happens so yeah there is uh well this was beautiful there's so many little lessons in there and i think it's for me personally was the fact that you were able to still succeed still um find your own inner calling in the healing I'm definitely taking this away and I'm going to be doing something around what's the healing that I need to do that might be my calling um so I think it's very interesting and as someone who has done a lot of work on that inner voice that inner child I I don't think many of us realize how our inner child is very closely related to that inner critic that we have and like how they pretty much go hand in hand. And if you tackle that inner child or at least build a better relationship with it, don't mm. necessarily tackle it. It's not a rugby tackle. It's more of a, a hand holder and like mm. bring it to be your biggest supporter. You can have a much better relationship with your inner self and which can then help you achieve a lot more, uh, and go further in life. So, um, Thank you so much for sharing everything that you just did and some of your personal experiences around the difficulties you faced on the way. But I think there's so much for people to take away from this. And I do hope they find this inspirational as I did.
1: Yeah, actually, before we leave, uh, Rebecca, why don't you let us know where we can find you and where listeners can find you as well?
2: Thank you. Um, So in terms of Happy Marlowe, we are at happymarlow.com. Uh, that's m-a-r-l-o if you're on social media please follow us um at instagram or facebook and that's at happy marlo life if you would like to subscribe to him or um please do at our website and if anyone's listening who's going to be at wilderness festival in august we are going to be there we're part of the lineup um in the sanctuary so please come and see us
1: absolutely so guys there it is for this week's episode um like we say at the end of all of this hopefully you know to take something from it and just remember don't be afraid to tap into your version of extraordinary because at the end of the day this is what it's all about it's all about fulfillment and doing something that you feel gives you purpose as well so until next week we will catch you later on